Hey guys. I um oh yes. I get some theme music. I um so much of that was true, especially the part about musicals. I love mu who likes musicals, anybody? Yeah. I'm speaking, I'm speaking to my people, right? It's like everybody except for right here. You guys have never even heard of what a musical is. You don't know. It's all right. It's all right. What's up, what's up? <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm so excited to be here and to hang out with you guys this week. Um, we are uh, just so, I, I can't even know where to start. When I, when I uh, heard that I was gonna be able to come up here and hang out with you guys, I was really excited. And, um, and I've been thinking, I've been praying a lot about, you know, kind of where we wanted to go. But first, <clears throat> I know that uh, some of you guys definitely know who I am. A lot of you guys don't. And so I'm just going to tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I am a, a youth pastor in Pittsburgh. Uh, I get to hang out with middle school and high school students. Uh, middle schoolers smell really bad, so I'm excited to be here with the high schoolers. Give it up for deodorant. Give it up for hygiene. That's right, you know, you know. I'm an Old Spice man, personally. Classic. Classic Old Spice. I'm a fan. That's good stuff. That's it. And so, uh, a little bit more about myself. Uh, who, who's, like, heard me speak before at, like, Lorevilles or Surf Cities? All right, I'm sorry, because you're going to hear some of the same stories. Uh, I just don't have very many funny stories in my life, but I'm going to tell you a, a couple of them, at least. Maybe they'll be a little bit new. But, um, ultimately, guys... I, uh, I actually didn't start off in ministry. I started off in theater. I started off in specifically musical theater. So I got my degree from Point Park Conservatory. I graduated in 09. I'm an old man. Um, but uh, I had a lot of fun there. It was an awesome time. And uh, around 2012, <clears throat> my life kind of radically changed, and I, I felt called into ministry, uh, specifically into ministry in Pittsburgh. And so much of that had to do with Surf City. So much of that had to do with Lauraville. So much of that had to do with the PKF and, um, and things happening here. But more than anything, it had so much to do with, like, you guys. Like, you guys uh, are just so awesome, and you have so much potential, more potential than you could ever imagine. And, and that's what we're going to talk about this week, more than anything. We're going to talk about your potential. We're going to talk about what it is that you can do, right? And uh, the first thing, I think we have to ask some questions, Right? We have to ask some questions. And the first question I want to ask is this. Why are you here? And it's such a good question. Why are you here? Why am I here? And it, we could take it from that broad sense of like, why are we on this planet flying like tens of thousands of kilometers per, like my, you know, per hour, rocketing through space, you know, circling around this crazy thing we call the sun, just on like a crazy trajectory, like why is that here? We could talk about why are humans here? We could ultimately get to very specifically, why are you here? Why are you on this earth? Why are you born the time that you were born? Why are you doing the things that you're doing? Why are you sitting right here on a Sunday night on Sil at Silver Lake, Michigan? And I know that, that for a lot of you, that's not a question you want to answer. I know that for a fact. I know that for a lot of you, you don't want to answer that question. It's so easy for you to take that question and kind of stick it on the shelf, right? You'll deal with that later. 
You have other things to go on. You got, you know, school coming back around. Some of you are trying to make college decisions. Some of you guys got sports things going on, right? Some of you right now are thinking about your camp crush who you're going to be macking with all week long. I know you. I know you. You're looking around the room. You're like, what's up, boo? What's up? Like, I'll see you on the tubes. You know what I'm saying? Like, meet me on the battle barge, babe. I don't know. Hey, knock it off! not okay. But, but here's my ultimate question to you. When we have this question of why am I here, right, my challenge this week is to not put it on the shelf. For one week, don't put it on the shelf. Because why would you? You have a week right now. You have from now until you, you get off the bus Friday night. What else you got going on? You got homework to do? You got sock drawers to short, uh, sort out? You got lawns to cut? What are you doing? We have a week where we're going to have an amazing time. We're going to ride tubes. We're going to get blobbed. We're going to play paintball. I will light you up in paintball. <laughs> All right? Listen, I have, n- I've, I have never been hit with a paintball at the sweet, soft sands. All right? I've been hit, but I've never been hit on this course. So I will see you out there, all right? We got basketball to shoot. We got a lot of things to do, right? But amidst all of that, my challenge for you this week is what would your week look like? What would your time look like if you honestly pumped the brakes, honestly looked at yourselves, and asked that incredibly important question, why am I here? Why am I here? I remember a time, my very first day. I'll tell you guys a really quick story, okay? My very first day of of musical theater going to college, right? My first day ever there. I had never done most things that, like, musical theater people did. I like like to act. I like to sing. But, like, I had never in my life danced, ever, okay? And I got my, like, curriculum. I get, like, my thing in the mail. It tells me what I got to do. And one of the things it tells me I have to do is go and buy dance stuff. And I was like, I'm a 250-pound man. I don't think they make that for me, right? But on my schedule, I had 8 a.m. ballet every single morning, Monday through Friday. Me, I had 8 a.m. ballet. So I had to go get something, right? It told me I had to get uh, tights, right? I'm serious. I had to get ballet shoes, I had to get uh, form-fitting white t-shirts. That was actually the easiest part. Most shirts are form-fitting on me. Um, Something that told me I had to get, and this is a little personal, something called a dance belt, okay? And do we have any dancers here? Kind of, maybe. Don't you lie to me. Male dancers, anybody? Because girls don't wear them. Guy ballerinas ballerinos. I don't know if you watch what you call them. <clears throat> they have to wear this thing called a dance belt. All right? And I'm going to be real graphic with you. Do not imagine me wearing it because the nurse is not on call right now. But we had to get this thing, right? And it was this like thick band and then kind of like, like a jock strap and then like a thong. <laughs> like, I'm dead serious. 
dude, the strap on the thong was like that thick. It was like for super support. And I, I was like, I had to go buy this stuff? And so I went, and I'm standing, uh, I had to go to this shop in uh, like Lawrenceville, right? And I, I opened this door, and it was like Harry Potter when like he's going to buy his wand, right? And it's like the door like creaks open, and there's this woman standing behind the counter, and she is older than time itself. And she still has that bun in her hair, like it's been there for the past 40 years. And she has these, she's just looking, and she like turns, and I swear she creaked more than the door did. She was like, can I help you? Like she had to think I was there for my sister, right? And I go, uh, yeah, I um, <clears throat> I need to get some dance stuff. And she like looked at me for a while, like where's the punchline? And I was like, yeah, no, I, I need some, I need some stuff. And so she starts getting it for me. Like I swear to you, she had to find the dance belt. It was like the last box on top of this like crazy pile of these old boxes. She had like blow off the dust on it and she had this dance belt that, like barely fit me or whatever so I get all that stuff I'm really dumb and I bought one pair of tights I was like yeah one pair will work all year right I just need one pair this will work and so I go and I get dressed right and I put all this stuff on because that's what it told me to do in the sheet and uh, and I show up for 8 a.m. ballet Point Park my first class of college first thing I've ever done in college and I walk in and I'm wearing white ballet shoes Guys could get white or black. I went with white. A lot of looks sharp. Black tights. Tight. Dance belt on, keeping everything good. Form fitting white t shirt. And I'm like, I'm ready to go. But here's the thing in dance class, nobody wears that. Nobody, right? Everybody who's been dancing for a long time knows that like just in classes you can wear like sweatpants or like a, like a baggy shirt, like wear your shoes or whatever. But I walked in looking like I was ready to go on stage. Like I was about to hit the Benedum, right? And I walked in, all 250 pounds of KG stepped in like, I'm here for ballet. And like all these people looked at me like, oh no, you're not. Like, right? And I'm like immediately embarrassed. And I had to ask that question. What am I doing here? So we started to dance, right? And we started like those like, those like bar warm-ups. You're like holding the bar and you're like, yeah, oh, okay, right? And they're like, second position. I'm like, oh, I can do this, okay, this is nice, okay, right? And they're like, arabesque, I'm like, what is that? People are doing this thing, okay, okay. And then the teacher, Heather Crunk, she goes, you know what, it's the first class, guys. I just kind of want to see where you're at. So why don't you guys take it across the floor? I'm like, what does that mean? And so I see these dudes and I see these, these ladies, they'd go like across the floor and they would do like these weird steps and then they would just leap. And they would like be in the air for like five seconds and then they would land and keep going. And I was like, what is that? So it's my turn, I'm sweating. My palms are sweaty, man. I'm like, just heart beating. I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna go and I'm gonna jump and it's gonna be good. And so I did, man. I took these steps, and I hit this thing. And I was probably in the air for about a good, like, one and a half seconds, right? And I just, like, kicked my legs, and I heard this sound. Whoosh! And I blew my tights out from front to back. I blew these puppers out. Oh my, like I was like splitting the sausage. Like it was the worst thing I've ever seen. Like they just like, boom! 
and I swear like three girls fainted and it was a mess and I'm sitting there and like the only thing I can possibly think is like thank God I'm wearing a thong right now like I couldn't have put on white nope it had to be this thing called a dance belt and everybody got a real good look at KG and it was real embarrassing and I thought the teacher would be real cool and she'd be like hey you can go home for the day. Instead, she goes, well, what else do you have? And I was like, jeans. She was like, well, put them on. So I had to wear jeans for the rest of the class doing all this stuff. It was absolutely terrible. And I remember the whole time I'm asking myself that question, what in the world am I doing here? What in the world am I doing here? Is this where I'm supposed to be? Is this where I'm supposed to be? And you guys are reaching the point in time where you're going to start experiencing that question. Middle schoolers are idiots. You guys know that? I know you, like, might have just been one, but, like, they're idiots. They're not self-aware. They don't know what they're doing. They just, oh, just you know, let's go. Let's do something. Ah! You know? They're, like, running around like crazy people. They make me laugh, but, right? You guys are getting to the point where you're going to start asking those questions. Who am I? What am I doing here? What's my purpose? Right? What's my goals? And, uh, and I just wanted to spend some time with you this week and take a look at that. And, uh, and I promise you that, that if you take it a little bit seriously, if you really challenge yourselves, if you really say, you know what, 20 minutes out of today, 20 minutes out of today I'm going to spend and honestly ask that question, I think you'll be amazed at what happens by the end of the week. I think you'll be really blown away. So... <clears throat> We're going to look at the Holy Spirit this week. We're going to spend time uh, looking at the Holy Spirit. And if, you know, the Holy Spirit, let me explain it to you this way. Uh, in Christianity, we believe in one God, but we also believe in three facets of that same God. It's like if you have a diamond, right? And the diamond is one, it's really good, but different angles of that diamond shine different ways, right? Those are called facets, facets of the diamond, right? Or it's kind of like, um, like water, Right? Water is one thing, but it can kind of come in three forms. Right? So as we have this one God, but he operates in, in what's called the Trinity. And that Trinity is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So it's God the Father, it's Jesus Christ, and it's this thing called the Holy Spirit. And I think because we always put it in that order, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that people like tend not to think about the Holy Spirit. We think a lot about the Father. We think a lot about the Son. Sometimes we neglect this idea of the Holy Spirit and what it's doing, right, what his job is. And, uh, and that's what I want to look at because a lot of what the Holy Spirit's job is, is discernment. It's, it's taking time and helping you determine what it is that God's saying to you. Helping you figure out what God's saying to you, okay? So we got to start at the beginning. It's a great place to start. And any story, great place to start, right, in the beginning. And, and here's the deal. So we got to go all the way back to the creation of the universe. Any science fans? You guys like science? Particles, Pythagorean theorems, Schrodinger's wave equation. Is the cat dead? I don't know. Um, so, so listen, there's two opposing views, okay? There's two opposing views. There's what science says happens, and then there's what... God says happens, right? 
They're not really opposing, but in today's world, they kind of are, are set up that way. So, so we'll talk about it that way. Like, the world wants to say one thing, and the Bible says something else, okay? See, the world wants to tell you, and if you listen to people like Richard Dawkins or, or Stephen Hawking, like these guys who uh, are really smart and spend a lot of time thinking, they want to tell you something about how the world was made, and they want to tell you something about how you were made. See, what they say is that random chaotic forces, random chaotic forces came together and bashed around enough where eventually this little kind of speck of something happened, and then that kind of expanded, and then, then more random forces kind of started happening, and this thing called like a soup, the primordial soup happened, and like DNA was floating around in there, and then, like, randomly the DNA kind of got together and said, hey, let's make something. And, like, got together and started building, like, a small, like, thing. And then that thing became, like, a fish. And then that fish became, like, you. Is that kind of, I think, a little bit, right? Listen, but mainly they talk, it's chaotic. That's their definition. It's chaotic forces. It's chaos created you. Chaos resulted in you sitting here. Chaos resulted in us orbiting the sun. Chaos resulted in, in, uh, in creating everything about you and your parents and your families and humans and all that kind of stuff. See, like, the world says you're random. The world says that you are just a happenstance. I think that's really interesting. See, the Bible has a complete different view. The Bible says something completely different. And I want to look at just the first 10 words. Like, this is a big book, right? But if you go to literally first chapter and read the first 10 words, right, you're going to get a different view. See, the Bible says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So pause there. That's 10 words. God created the heavens and the earth. Nothing random about it. It says that there's a God in heaven who intentionally put things together. I can start to track with that. Kent Hovind puts it this way, and I think it's really brilliant. He's talking about the chaotic forces, and he says, what do you need to make anything? You need three things. Anybody have a guess? If you were going to create something, you need three things. What do you need? No, you don't need DNA. You need material? Who said that? Adam, right? No. Mass, right? Material is mass. Yeah, right? Perfect. So you need mass. What else do you need? You need two other things. Huh? A template? Mm. Mass or matter, same thing. So you need stuff. You need matter. You need somewhere, you need a place, right? And you need time. Those are the three things you need if you're going to create anything. Because let me put it this way. If you had matter, so if you had stuff and you had time, but you didn't have a place, where would you put what you were going to create? You don't have anywhere to put it. See, if you had a place and you had time, but you didn't have any matter, well, now what are you going to make? You don't have anything to make it with. If you had time and you had matter, or sorry, if you had space and you had matter, but you have no time, when are you going to put it? You see how you have those three problems, right? 
And the, here's the thing. Ken Hovind says that in order to create anything, all three of those things, time, matter, and space, have to come into existence at the exact same time. If they don't come into, the, uh, into existence at the exact same time, nothing happens. There's nowhere to put it. There's no place to put it. There's nothing to put. Does that make sense? You guys following? Right? So you need those three things, and they have to come together perfectly. Perfectly. And so when it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So where do we find time? Beginning. Where do we find place? Heavens. Where do we find matter? Earth. Right? Think about that. In the beginning, so in time, God created heavens, space, and the earth. Stuff. And in one instance, God literally spoke order instead of chaos. God spoke purpose instead of chaos. God spoke meaning instead of chaos. He said, I want to build something. I'm going to make it perfectly. They all are going to come into existence at the exact same time. Now, I hesitate because some of you guys are looking at me glazed over a little bit. But I'm going to take it one step further. What is matter? Matter has three phases, right? Solid, liquid, gas. What is time? It has three tenses, right? Future, past, present. What is space? Three dimensions, length, width, height. In ten words, the Holy Trinity has created a trinity of trinities. Think about that. In ten words, the Holy Trinity creates a trinity of trinities. See, we have one worldview that talks about chaos, sporadic, nonsense, craziness. Cells banging around until something happens. Or we have the Bible. We have God who says, I'm intentional. I know exactly what I'm doing. I know exactly how I have to do it. I'm going to make it, and it's going to be incredible. And if you track that story a little bit more, it talks about this thing. And it says, so before, uh, before there was stuff, it says this. It says that there was... This water. Let's keep going a little bit. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Spirit of God. So we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit right there. It is right there. So in the beginning, the Holy Spirit is sitting over this chaotic mess. Right? This chaotic garbage. And the Spirit starts to create more. So go to the next one. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Go ahead. And God saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. Go ahead. God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And there was evening. And then there was morning on the first day. So if you look at the Bible, guys, we're five verses in. We're five verses in. And God is answering questions that human beings have been asking forever. Who made this thing? How did it happen? Who created it? You know, is there a creator? Do you guys know this? This is my last scientific fact, and then I'm going to wrap up a little bit. But up until the 60s, there was a theory about the universe. Anybody know what it was called? No, this is before the Big Bang. Big Bang happened in the 60s. So before the Big Bang, there was this thing called the constant state universe. And it means that the universe had always existed. So the smartest people on the planet 
had been saying, the universe has always existed, it's always been, it always will be. Okay? And, uh, and then in the 60s, these really smart scientists started to notice something. And they started to notice that the universe was expanding. And they realized that if the universe is expanding, then you can trace it all the way back to a beginning. See, and up until that point, Christians forever, people who followed God have been saying, no, listen, the, the universe hasn't always been. There was a moment in time when it was created. That's what God says. And all these people, scientists, the world, said, no, 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 you guys are idiots. You guys are idiots. Uh, it's constant state. It's always been. That's not true. Right? And then in the 60s, they realized, holy smokes, like, it's happening. The universe is expanding. That means you can trace it back to a beginning. That means something sparked it. Something happened. And did you guys know that initially that scientific community said, we cannot release this information because it will give the church something to point to. It'll give the church something to point to as a beginning. And of course, the information came out, and all of a sudden the church said, we've been saying this forever. The Bible has been saying that forever, that there was a creation, that God was intentional. It wasn't chaotic. It wasn't random. Every single piece of it was on purpose. So if we start there, and we think about that story of the Holy Spirit hovering above and starting to create and God building order and making things and making it intentional and looking down just like he made light and he said that's good and then he made land and he said that's really good and then he looked down and he made like some trees and he was like that's good and then he made some animals and he was like that's good and then he made people and he said now that is very 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 good see we were made intentionally we were made specifically. We were made with a purpose and a plan. Everything from that moment of creation to the moment you're sitting right here, God has been intentionally moving in your life. Sometimes the world feels incredibly chaotic. I know that. I understand that. Sometimes my heart feels incredibly chaotic and feels incredibly um, just, just wild. I understand that. But this week, we're going to talk about something completely different. We're going to be talking about a God who is bringing order out of your chaos. We're talking about a God who is bringing order out of your soup. He's bringing order out of your muck. He's bringing order out of your brokenness. See, God was incredibly intentional in you. All the way up to the moment right now where we're sitting here and getting a chance to talk. That's the God that we're going to follow. That's the God we're going to talk about. A lot of you have heard of this thing called the fall, right? This brokenness that happened where we turned our backs on God. We're going to talk about more of that later, right? And out of that, everything broke, and that's why we have this chaos in our lives again. But the great promise of God is that in that brokenness, in that chaos, He is restoring order in your life. So I'm so excited to be with you uh, this week. I'm so excited to spend time with you. But the number one thing I want us to do, number one thing, is to pump the brakes. Listen, we're not super crowded. You will ride the tubes until you puke. You will get lit up with as many paintballs as I feel you deserve. 
you will eat as many breakfast sandwiches as Miss Pam can make? You have, I know, right? Miss Pam, Miss Pam's my girl. She's down there. She knows what she's doing. It's right. You will have time for all of that. But at what point are you going to get real? At what point are you going to check the brakes? At what point are you going to check in with yourself and ask that question? What am I doing here? We're going to talk more about that. So don't be shy. I'm going to come and eat your food at your table at some point. We're going to ride the tubes. I don't know. It's going to be crazy. We're going to hang out this week. I want to meet all of you. Um, but really, let's take that question really seriously. So let's pray, and uh, something's going to happen. I don't know. Father God, we praise you and we bless you, Lord, for who you are, for how you move, and for how you are shaping and shaking the very foundations of our lives. Father God, you have intentionally brought us all here this week, this very moment in time, to hear about your word to hear about who you are, to hear about your plans for our lives, to hear about your goodness for our lives, to hear about your grace, your mercy, your salvation, your unbelievable um, plans for us. Father, I'm so excited to spend time with these uh, guys and girls. I'm so excited that they like deodorant too. Father, I'm so uh, excited to spend this time with them. And, uh, and as we do, God, as we progress... Uh, Father, we do ask that your Holy Spirit move amongst us, giving us the power to discern your will and your word in our lives. We praise you and we thank you. We ask all of this in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for listening to audio recorded at Surf City 2017. Feel free to share this audio, but please do not alter the content. Surf City is a ministry of the Pittsburgh Kids Foundation. To learn more, visit us online at pkfcamps.org.